I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Rant Room What's up y'all, it's your boy Hilliard Guest And you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room Episode 441. God damn. Crazy. Y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Chris Derrick in the building. What's up, Chris? How you doing? We're good. We're good. Um, This is a a crazy week for me. (laughs) You say that every week. (laughs) No, but this week is crazy because my episode of The the Equalizer airs tonight. Nice. Congrats. Um, and my episode and, is it number nine? Yeah, number nine. Okay. And then my ep- and then the episode with my cameo, like in Star Trek, you know, was out this week. Oh my god! And then in two weeks, I have the uh, uh, the episode that I wrote. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's it's Hollywood. It's crazy. Yes. It's, crazy. It's, a, it's a that's a it's a great feeling though. It's a strange feeling, and you know, I'm a dude. It's it's a it's a weird thing to know you're coming on. And it's a weird thing to see your name, and it's like sometimes you don't even know how to take it. It's like a weird all those years of trying to get to that point, and you finally see your name in the lights in that type of way. You know what I mean? Welcome to the show. I'm a do Diallo, by the way. What's hey happening? man, good to be here. Good to be here. That's well, a Diallo. Diallo. That's <laughs> well, so, all right. But so I mean, but 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 the the thing you're saying is interesting because you know. The Star Trek thing is odd because we, it, it's like, it's getting such good reviews. Nice. Like, and, you said season and, three was going to be crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I said that, but mm-hmm. the reviews have been so good. Nice. And it's been, um, which is something that my boss was like hoping for. Mm-hmm. But, and this is back when we were writing and everything like this, but like, <clears throat> I was telling him. I kept saying, like, like when we got to the third episode, I was like, "Dude, we're killing it." And he's like, "I." Oh, he's like, "You don't know. You never done this." I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I was saying to my, and I was saying to him, "I don't even have done it to know. Right. I've right. seen enough yes. and trash. I'm the audience, and, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, go. you know, mm-hmm. like, like, trust me, I think it's gonna be really good." Right. I mean, you know, when he was asking me, he's like, "Why do you think that?" I, 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 I was like. Have you ever seen me cry? And he was like, "No." And he was like, "Well, I was when we watched some of these episodes that you were sneaking to us." Right. He was like, "Oh, okay, shit." So, um, yeah, it's it's just something that I I, I say that because of what you said is like not knowing how to process it. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I remember, like, I think I told you when it was happening. Some people told me, "Oh." You're on the show mm-hmm. that is like there's a lot of scrutiny on it because of what you're doing this third season. You bring back the old cast, yeah. but you are also considering like even getting off Twitter because it's so so crazy out it's, there with yeah. how they treat you guys. Yeah, you know? it's it's and it's been it's mm-hmm. it's been a little crazy. Right. But I realized something. But it's but it's kind of like 
if you're in the thick of it, mm-hmm. you don't really know how to appreciate it at all. And it, and it wasn't until maybe last summer, mm-hmm. after I've been off of it for about six weeks, after about six months, that I began to understand what it was for me. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't realize, you know, and what was it for you? Well, like I understood, oh. I'm part of something special mm-hmm. that is it, it just because of like the, and it's mainly because like six months in is like when Terry dropped the teaser at, mm-hmm. at New York Comic Con and people began to see it and right. people began to go oh shit <clears throat> this is not at all what we thought we thought it was gonna you know I mean mm-hmm. people that I know who were like who were big Star Trek fans who had worked on Next Generation were like were, like, were kind of like they were kind of like giving me like raspberries from like <laughs> from season two mm-hmm. and right. season one, mm-hmm. and they were kind of like, dude, like you know what you're just saying is good because mm-hmm. you're on it. I was like, no, 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 no. I told you season two wasn't that good yeah, yeah. when I was writing it, and I and I told you that because I was being honest, and I was right. told you season two is gonna be something different. Yeah. And and but you know, but two people called me who were like. Man, you were right. Mm. We didn't want to watch it, but all the stuff we heard where people were shit, shitting on it, mm-hmm. everything that Kirsten has done, they're now like changing their tune like like for this. Well, let, it, let me let me let me just get back to what we were talking about a moment ago about the first time you get or second time, third time, mm-hmm. whatever, the, you get your credit up on, you know, uh, on the air. It is um it's an interesting thing because there's so many Actors, writers, directors, a lot of people who just can't not stand to watch what they've done, which is mm. fascinating to me. But we all get it because we're just such perfectionists. We always see right. the problems right. and what we'd like. Um, we had a screening the other night, just like a little private little screening for the, the pilot that I helped um, Yvette produce, Confessions. And at the end, as soon as she started, she was like, it's a working project. Like yeah, she yep, started yep, immediately yep. going, it's so hard for me because but when I was like, no, yep. no, 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 don't do yep. none of that. Yep. We don't know what you don't know. <laughs> you that, know what I'm that's saying? the trick. That's Go the ahead. trick. No, because she's she sees what she wants. She's comparing the vision in her head to what came out on the Correct. screen, and that's always going to be different. But like you said, if you don't know that vision in her head, you're watching it like, oh, this is amazing, because yeah. you can't see it anymore, right? When mm-hmm. you're that close to it, right? What you have in your head and what comes out is the finished project. I mean, those are two different things, right? And you can't straddle that. But it's like, I mean, for me as a musician, when you listen back to recordings of yourself, right? Like that shit is torture because you're like <laughs> you're going back to everything oh, i should have done this or if i had done that and why and you're putting yourself in the headspace you're yeah. in there where somebody could listen to it and be like man no that's that's awesome that's, that's that's and you're like, ah, you're like all right. <laughs> you know but that's well, the, that's well, the skill to well, be able well, to turn well, that well, off well look it's you're right it's total skill you know it wasn't until um I just watched this old movie called day for night this true foe film one time yeah, yeah. it's about him making a movie um, it's a really, really great movie. But he says something in there that, that that I always took to heart is that he said, if you can get like 75% of what you were thinking, mm, that's a good note. Yeah. then you have succeeded. Yeah. And, and, and it, I was like, okay, that's, I mean, that's like a C plus, right? You know, <laughs> I mean, if you look at it that way, but yeah. you say to yourself, there's a, there is a there's a a perfect vision in your head mm-hmm. that starts to get diluted the minute you start typing you know yeah and then and it changes and over it, the process and it, and it changes sure. and the thing is is that what i've learned is 
that vision on the hill mm -hmm. is what keeps you as the creator going. You know, how do I get to closest to there? Right. And and you obviously know when you're writing stuff that you like, I can't get everything the way I want it because I can't. You know, I'm not going to write all the cool shit because right. it'll be the page script will be 400 pages. Yeah. You know, it only needs to be 100. But then you say to yourself, I'm going to bring in these people. I'm going to tell them what I want. Now, the people that if you're smart, you bring in people, <clears throat> you tell them what you want. But they're not going to do it exactly the way you want because that's not that's not what you brought them in. You brought them in to elevate your vision. Right. But 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 piggybacking off of that, what I've found, and I'm sure you guys have, can relate to this. Especially in the last, let's just say in the last three, four years, what's been happening is a lot of the writers aren't able to go produce their episodes, right? Right. right. So Chris was lucky in the in, in in the fact that your show is specifically Star Trek. Well, you guys just walked downstairs and there it was, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Soundstage, boom. Mm -hmm. However, most people aren't. So imagine, let's just say it's your first episode ever. You guys, you guys ended the show six months ago let's just say yeah. you didn't go produce your episode no. you have no idea how much you were rewritten from mm -hmm. the showrunners or mm -hmm. whoever rewrote you and you're seeing it live the first time you know what i mean yeah. and 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 that's unfortunate you know the way a lot of the shows are working now where you end so early and yeah. they go off and you know with maybe the the two eps or something to help the showrunner you know finish the post and pre and all that other stuff and you're and you're sitting there you don't see it until the thing comes out you know, we'll see. So I understand having the fear of no, oh, shit. no. There, there is that. I mean, the, look, the thing that I, both my situations, again, are probably they're, they're they're like they're rare for the current climate. Correct. I got to go down not just for my episode on Star Trek, but for any episode that I wanted to go see when we when, when you know when there was a break, right? It, any break, you know, hey, we're we're cutting the room for like thirty minutes, an hour, blah blah blah. Then we're gonna go to lunch. Right. I'd run down there, mm -hmm. you know, and just watch what's happening. Didn't matter what episode it was. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, and then on the Equalizer, I asked them. I said, guys, can you like keep me on the distribution list for all the yep. the, the, the the cuts yeah. and the so dailies, watch all the dailies, the dailies yeah. and all the I mean yeah. I did that in Star Trek too mm -hmm. but that's and the thing is is that you know we're also getting the 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 colored scripts the updates you know right. and the thing is is that you want to read those when you're in that that right. you know the lower level position because you get to see what is being rewritten and you shouldn't ask, and, and you shouldn't look at it as anything more than a learning lesson mm -hmm. as to why did they make these changes? What happened? Yeah, why is it omitted? Why is it omitted? Why Because the thing that like I feel really, really, really proud about before we even got to shooting, we were going mm -hmm. through some of the drafts, was how much of my original draft that I turned in right. stayed. Yep. yep. You know, yeah. I'm a lot stayed. Yep. There was stuff that changed that 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 changed from 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 production meetings. Yeah. Yep. You know, and yeah. that stuff is sometimes is, things get yeah, blown up in the episode. Nothing to do with you. you they you, get blown you know. up in the episode before yours, and things just change. By the that time they get to a, you, that caused a lot of got problems. Rewrite, with, yeah. You know, but it just was like it to me. And I remember there was something that Joe and Adam told me. Mm -hmm. When we did the little the review, but you know, like like after I left the show, you know, it, whatever, you know, uh, I didn't leave but after my contract was up for this season. Um, was they were like, 
your episode was really good in terms of what what we had to change. Right. Yep. You know, and to me, like that's the win. That's a hell, hell yeah. That's, that's the, the win, win because that's you're the like, win. oh, they don't have to do that much yep. like work. That's what they want because you know that didn't happen every episode. I, I, and I no. can tell, <laughs> and I can tell you guys this. From just staffing two shows, mm-hmm. we were looking for that person on both shows. See, who is the person who could come in and kill this episode, and we don't have to do a lot of fixing? We were looking for that person. But see, I think that's the thing too. Is like what we started talking about originally. When it's your vision that's coming to the street, right. it's not your vision right. when you're in the room, unless you're running the show, right? So your whole purpose for being there is to get somebody else's vision on there, and it's that thing. And you guys have talked about this before of writing in the voice of the creator of the show, the showrunner, whatever, and that's a skill. And it's almost like, like I know some writers in some rooms I've been in are just like, oh man, why do I gotta do it like this? And it's Mm -hmm. like, dude, like you could still put yourself in it. You're not losing your voice. It's like putting on an accent, right? Like if you're in East Texas, Mm -hmm. they speak differently than in Alabama. And if you look at it like that, you can still get your thing, but you pick up and learn like, okay, what needs to be in there? Where do I have the leeway? Where do I got to land this thing? And like you said, when you when you get a script back, when you see like a studio draft come back, right. where they it's still like eighty five percent you, yeah, and the yeah. notes, yeah, are minimal. Yeah. That that's yeah. the win. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly the, what that's they exactly mean, uh, what they want. Well, because here's the thing: is that on Star Trek, um, I only sat in on the note call for my episode in mm-hmm. season three. I didn't get just to do it on season two. Yeah. And <clears throat> and the studio, they were kind of, the student network were kind of, it was, actually wasn't even network, it was just studio people. They were kind of hands off on the notes because they didn't really know what we were doing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, mm. I, 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 I mean, they knew what the season was going to be, but they were like, you guys got to do what you want to do and we'll just tell you if we like it or not. You okay. know, like if it's good. I mean, like we can't tell you how to shift things because you have a, this grand plan that's like, you know, that if we, there's something we don't like here, is it going to cause a rip? I mean, these major ripples right. that they already signed off on. Mm-hmm. And basically the the major note we would get on every ep- on every episode in season three and this is a good note to get from the studio mm-hmm. we want to see more of these characters because because we had a page count limit that we couldn't do more than 40 right. pages right, right. And they, they were like could you give us more they were like if you don't give us more money we can give you more <laughs> yeah but since you won't yeah. then you know what i'm saying it's this thing right. but the thing about it is is that it's interesting what you say about can you hit the voice of the characters and hit the vision of the showrunner it, like it was weird writing on Star Trek that way because that's not the the, the voice of the show isn't the voice of the showrunner. You know, it was this these people have been around for Gene 40 Roddenberry. Years. Yeah, you know, it was Roddenberry <laughs> and these people have been around for seven yeah. seasons of that. He's coming in yeah. trying to pick up, but as everyone was such an ardent fan of what it was, mm-hmm. we all knew what they had to sound yeah. like. You yeah. know, and then the cool thing about Terry was. He had this grand vision about what he wanted, Mm -hmm. you know, but he let everybody on the staff contribute to it in a way. So we so we all felt a little bit of ownership of what was happening, which I think was great because it 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 allowed us as the team to be more invested in what let's make this good, let's make this better, let's make this better. As opposed, that 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 takes us to something interesting too. 
everybody who you talk to, you talk to a younger writer, emerging writer, even an older writer who hasn't quite broken in yet, mm-hmm. everybody wants to be a showrunner at some point. Yeah. The yeah. problem is exactly what you're talking about, Chris. Everybody's not a great manager. They yep. don't know how to delegate. They don't know how to make you feel empowered. They don't know how to, you know what I mean? <clears throat> that is an art and a skill to learn. Totally separate from writing. People Tom think being a showrunner is, is writing. Is, is, it's, it's not. It's, it's not the opposite that, of writing. You, you, it's if you, you don't want to write anymore. <laughs> yeah. it's you. Because you, 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 know? you probably, I think the only writing you're doing as a showrunner, I, I don't know how it all works, but it's like you're writing a pilot and then you're doing like a like a polish on the scripts that come in. That's probably that's and it, all the rest know. is you solving it's problems. You solving people problems. bringing you like, problems. Well, all hey, day. with this we got a scheduling, day. we got people. But the thing about it is, is that Ben Ben will take off on a complete a whole day. Like he took off on Thursday to just clean up an episode. But so the, every episode the, the, he has a day or two where he's exactly just, yeah yeah. You, know, well, you heard me. I said a day or two. He's literally writing mm-hmm. that fast. But that, that's <laughs> what. It, but but. but 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 he's not writing the whole episode. He's cleaning up. He's cleaning. You know, probably, I mean, you know, look, some things are rewritten though. Yes, yeah, for sure. I mean, some things do get rewritten, yeah. but but he's not doing the draft from scratch. He's, he's not, not doing, blue sky. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, he's, yeah. He's not doing heavy lifting. And I feel because it's like, but the thing you said about the manager and empowering the people and mm-hmm. all that is actually really important. Is really a skill because I remember I'm, I remember this one time. This this is this is like kind of like. It was early. I was in the middle of season three, mm-hmm. and um, and I wasn't feeling good. But we were t- like, I had a headache, and I was still like, like migraine. I was still fighting through the day and talking. And I put and I put something on the board, and then Terry came in, and Terry said, "I'll get pitched to me." And I kind of pitched it to him, and kind of like didn't get it fully. Because right. you know, on the board, it's just like the couple words, yeah. you know. It's just the beat. Yeah, just the beat. But the, but at the end of the day, I went in there and said, "Hey man, I just want to apologize for blah blah." And he said, "No, dude, you're fucking doing great. Don't worry about that. Don't fucking worry about any of that. You're doing great. Just mm-hmm. keep doing what you're doing." And it just gave me this this little boost of like when I felt I was making a mistake, right. yep. you know, that yeah. he was like, "Passive syndrome can happen really fast in a room." Yeah, you yes. know, which was which is fantastic, yes. to, you know, to get that because again, it goes back to what you were saying about we're perfectionists mm-hmm. about the writing. You know, it's just one thing. I don't, I don't want to cut this. Okay. Like detour this some way, but this is one thing that Chris Kaiser said about um, the the demands for the negotiations. Mm-hmm. Like he was saying that you know the producers are able to exploit us because even though they cut down our money and make and make the working conditions like difficult, mm-hmm. our own pride won't let us. Right, right. You know, like like half acid yeah. at yeah. the money and the yep. bullshit that we're getting yep. Yep. when it's all reduced down to what yep. what that would really be like. We're not going to half acid, mm-hmm. you know. So it's something that they know we don't have to pay them, but the material is going to be gold, you know. Yeah. So it's think like, about this. Think about that. I'm going to interrupt you. So I'm listening to a new book about the Oscars and like how the whole history of the Oscars, mm-hmm. and the guy is talking about how you and you know this very well because you really in the history, and you do too. I understand they. During the time when they were blackballing all the writers in like the mm-hmm. 30s and whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of those writers were taking pseudonames and yep, whatnot. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> and they still were getting Oscars with a pseudo fucking exactly. yeah. So exactly. it's exactly what you're exactly. talking about. When their word is on it, they still commit exactly. and give it what you're it right. is. It's that pride yeah. in what you do, yes. right? Yeah. And I think the other thing, for like the showrunner, like in my experience, and this is not about writing at all, the biggest benefit I've had in my rooms from showrunners mm-hmm. is they protect the writers. Important from all the other bullshit, from any creative stuff that's going on between the creator of the show, whatever. Like, 
I've been in three rooms where I just get to be a writer. Mm. And that shit doesn't just happen. And you see what the showrunner has to do. You got to take on all that stuff right. and protect your team because that's how you get that buy-in and like, okay, yeah, look, we got these crazy studio notes or whatever. <laughs> it's this. And they moved up the deadline by week. But everybody's still busting their ass right. because we feel like somebody's got our back. No, right? no. We don't want this him or her or them to look bad. We want to give them the right. best possible thing to go into. You know, and that's... That has nothing to do with like how you write dialogue exactly. or how you you know can. It's bring not a lot of writing in a writer's room until you no, get no, to no, there. No, yeah. It's interesting because <laughs> I used to hear this phrase a lot. He took a bullet, you know. Yep. He's yep. hey, the, hey, the, the number two would take bullets for you. Mm-hmm. And I used to always think about like I know what that means mm-hmm. in in a in a general context, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what it meant in the context of working on a show. And in terms of there's people who are going to blame somebody if something doesn't work right, right. you know? Right. And it's like, okay, well, who's going to take that blame? And mm-hmm. as opposed to letting these younger writers get this, this cannon yeah. shot, mm-hmm. you, yeah. know, then, then, you know, then those people are going to take it, you know? And it's a two-way street, though. Like, yeah. You got to take some bullets, too. I know, oh, yeah. like, I've been in a process where you're writing your script and you're getting feedback from one person you got to listen <laughs> to and feedback from another person you got to listen to. And then it's a triangle when then they start having an argument amongst themselves where you like one of them's like, you know, sometimes they'll put a thing in your script, put a line in, you know this line's gotta mm-hmm. be in there. And then the other person be like, Yo, this is stupid. Why the fuck is this in there? <laughs> yeah. And you gotta own that. Yeah, you yeah, just gotta yeah, be yeah. like, well, Yo, my bad. But in done. your mind, you're like, fuck, that wasn't I knew it was stupid. That wasn't my shit, but I knew <laughs> no, I couldn't see, take it look, out. Look, that's exa- But you're protecting the other person. You're that's keeping a, everybody cool. It is exactly right. And you're like, Chris said Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, like it, the thing is is that you have to own your mistakes. Or, or, or you got to own other, other people's, people's mistakes, mistakes too. You have to do that. You have to do that because, like, here's the thing: it's so easy to kind of say it wasn't me. It's yeah. so easy to say that. And the thing is, is that everybody will appreciate you if you say wasn't you know if it wasn't you and you know and you take the bullet. Yeah, because you're not coming back if you're like, oh, that wasn't my yeah, mistake. They, then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you just about you, you. Yeah. right? Yeah, right. Because because the thing is. It's like everybody's a team. And, and, I mean, and the thing is, is that you know, you know what's been rewritten. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the thing is, you might get the accolades on something that was rewritten. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know? And the residuals yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's what I was started thinking about is that that whole team aspect. But if that, if that episode gets an Emmy, mm-hmm. that's got the writer's name on it. Yeah. But you know that was like eight, nine other yeah. people in yeah, there, which is it seems so many people crazy. got an Emmy who didn't do it by themselves. Right. So yeah, many. nobody's. Yeah. But, yeah. but that's yeah. the game, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's weird because people that we know mm-hmm. um, got their Emmy, and then the career catapults, and it's like you didn't. And it's it's like you didn't write that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You that's know, the dirty secret. You and 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 the thing is, people in the industry don't know. Even people in the industry really? don't know. You think so? No, not not in the context of it all. You still think you have more more. No, you no, still no. you still think the collaboration is still more yours than it is right. the fact that we all and every room is different. Sometimes it well, will yeah. be more you than well, somebody see, well, else. Yeah, because because everyone is di- so. What I'm saying is, the people on your staff know. Yeah, what it yeah, was. yeah, 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 Pe- yeah. People who are outside of your room have no idea what happened. Okay, yes, you fair. know, and how they and and, yeah. and how that script got. To to, to, to the right. set. Let me know? let me just say this. I think 
and, I, and I'm assuming every room may be different. So let me preface this first. So if you are a staff writer, let's say even up to probably co-producer, as mm-hmm. far as I know, mm-hmm. I have a feeling most rooms work that. I got remember my first staff job. All the staff writers had to turn in their scripts to like the co-EP. Yeah, the co-EP read it, gave it their pass, and then it went to the showrunners. Mm. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not saying that's every show. This is a good process, though. Right, but still, they could do a version of what you're talking about where they change your shit. Yeah, and it's like I didn't say that. Right, right. My shit was way better than that before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, no, because that was because some of that was happening with with a version of one of my scripts. I was like, oh man, this is. But no, I see that. Like to what you're saying, that is a good point. Like, and that makes me feel very fortunate. Like in my situations, the scripts have gone. Like the the hierarchy in the room hasn't been this rigid thing where okay. you know everybody's scripts got treated the same. They went up the ladder the same way. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> also, you know that you know a showrunner knows. Like if they're getting a script from a staff writer or a story editor, that's mm-hmm. going to be different than if they're getting a script from the number two, right? So right. They're, they're building that in. So I think the challenge is all that outside work that you do to try to match the voice, to try to figure out this, to make, cause you're just, you're making, you're trying to make your showrunner's job as easy as possible. Right. They have an impossible job. Right. And any little bit you could shave off of that mm-hmm. gets appreciated so much and you're never gonna hear about it directly. Like you no. might get, oh, great no. job, whatever. But you the thing is like six that. months later, you're gonna find out somebody made a call to somebody else to ask about you and like, that's the thing is because people are always talking in this town. Always. Like I think people f- think like Hollywood, the currency is money, which the money's there, but the currency is information, right? It's all information. And, and, and you don't have to be Shonda for people to be talking about I'm, you. And I'm telling you that. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'm telling you that when you're staffing, you get to your final list. Everybody's they don't just go, oh, that's the list. Let's have a meeting. They're like, now let's call and check yep. in on them. Yeah. <laughs> Before we have the yep. meeting, you know, it's a weird process. And I think that's the mistake. So they're gonna be talk if you've had. Two generals in this town, mm-hmm. somebody's going to be talking about you. And yeah. the question is, is a writer trying to break in? What do you want them to be saying about you? You know what I mean? That you're going to be the complainer, the person who's saying, oh, when I was in this, this this room, I didn't get this or this or how come I, or do you want to be the person that's like, you know what I mean? And like, no, I think we don't think about that because you feel like, oh, nobody knows who the fuck I am. <laughs> right. Right? No, Which but, is true on some level, but yeah. people well, do. It's not forever. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, but this, and it's quick too. Yeah. The thing about that is, you may know people who might have helped you get a meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Those people are going to be calling. If you fuck, so if Hilliard sets up a meeting for me to meet Amadou, mm-hmm. I go and meet Amadou, and I fuck it up. You know, he's going to tell Hilliard this motherfucker, yeah, was an asshole in the, in yep. the meeting. He was tied up, blah 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 blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and then Hilliard's going to say to this five people that he knows. I recommended this motherfucker Chris and yep, he uh, yep. oh, well, and now six people you know, know who Chris is yeah so yeah. Yeah, that's what's it's gonna true. happen it's true yep. it's, it's no that's happen. real so, that's real so I mean I mean that's the thing that I always do too where, where I'm kind of like you know my rule about a favor like hey let's make this the easiest favor yep is it easy yes for them to say because they know it's not going to be difficult because it's going to be an easy because you know like so if I'm asking you for, for the favor Hilliard I want that to be something that that you didn't even have to think about. You just go, oh, okay, cool. But I've designed that so I know once I get to you know to, to you know to to access that favor, mm-hmm. I'm going to kill it mm-hmm. so it gets back to you. Oh, Chris is fucking amazing in that meeting mm-hmm. sure. because that is because if you don't because if, because you have to like 
you they don't realize the meaning behind the fact that somebody got you a meeting. Right. Exactly. They just go, right. they, they got they, me a meeting. Right. I'm, a, you know, right. I got to do what I got to do. You it's expended like, your capital. Mo- yeah. There's right. more. Right. Yeah. You expended your capital. Yes. And guess what? That well doesn't get no. replenished that much. No. So you got to be very careful with, with how you do but that. But no, I think that's the thing is like, you have to, we all have in our heads trying to break in that it's like the brass ring is up here, right? And nothing matters until you get up there, but every little step matters to that. And, it's like like you just said, you need to make it so easy for people to root for you and help you mm-hmm. that it's, yeah, it's like a no-brainer. And it's, it's simple as just showing up on time for a meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you recommend me for something and I go and I'm like 15 minutes late and the exec <laughs> is like, you know what I mean? So now you, it's worse than that exec not knowing who the fuck you are. Because they're like, oh, that's Amadou, the person who's late. Yep. Why would I work see, with them? See, that's a great, that's a great, that's a great thing. That's a great thing because the other day... I had a meeting with an exec at um, at twentieth, right? Mm-hmm. And I was and I would and I was trying to, uh, and I started last fall to try to get this meeting with this guy when he was at Lionsgate, mm-hmm. and it was like it was like pushed off, pushed off, and delayed. And I was like, what? What's what? I mean, now you know why he was, he was leaving because he was leaving, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he got the new the new spot in like October, and it was mm-hmm. and I was like. Is he been? I mean, he's got two to three months of getting up to speed. He's not gonna take a new meeting. Yep. But when I got the meeting with him, when I said it, I was like, "Great, I'm, I'm just, oh, it's gonna be awesome." Only thing is that morning before I had to go to the meeting, I had to go to the doctor for something, and I came back and I was feeling like shit. Ooh. I was like, "Oh my fucking god, I don't want to do this meeting. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it." It was I'm, in person or Zoom? No, it was on Zoom. Okay, I just, I just. I just it's just a bad headache and just all and it was it wasn't the best news to the doctor all this kind of shit and I was like I'm gonna hit the person up the the assistant hey mm-hmm. hey like an hour it was ninety minutes before the meeting hey can we change this mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything hmm. I was like okay I'm gonna hit him again in like fifteen minutes yeah. hey can we do can we change this um nothing hmm. I was like I had to get on the Zoom yep. Wow, I, I have to get on the Zoom. Yeah, some people would have just went. I sent an email. Yeah, right, right, right. Cool. No, I, 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 this is your career. I, I, I said, yeah. I, I said, I got to get on the Zoom. I'm gonna spend the next 20 minutes just like, you know, like doing some success mm-hmm. mantra in my head. <laughs> <laughs> like, motherfucker, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. Just roll, just go, go, go. go. I go. Yo, ho, yeah, 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 just, just, just go yeah. over, just go yeah. over all the points, and just real fast, real fast, real fast. You know, um. And then I went in and like, and the, and the meeting was good. The meeting yeah. was good. But yeah. the thing that I really did smartly, though. So he never saw it. What? He never, no, he never yeah. saw it. He never saw it. Yeah, yeah. He never saw it. Is that um, um, I was like, I need to put all the attention on him. I need to get mm. him talking. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell him what, say, mm-hmm. what I, say what I can about me as sharp as I can. Right. Yeah. But then put it on him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and so so I got him talking most of the time, which is better for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. Cause, because then it's like, I don't, you know. People love to talk about they themselves. They love to talk about themselves, talk about their stuff and all this kind of stuff like this. And then I was like, okay, it was a great meeting. It ended up great. Yeah. I sent him an email afterwards <laughs> the next day. Hey, dude, mm-hmm. great meeting. I, and I loved what you talked about X, Y, and Z. listed these yeah. points. Yep. That was just a great philosophy. And then I was like, cool. And But then... His assistant emailed me like that evening <laughs> uh-huh. the, the, after the meeting. She was like, "Oh my god, I talked with Jade. He said you had a great meeting and blah 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 blah." Oh, you know, I got your email. I, and I was like, she was like, she was like, I was at class. I didn't see my email, and I was like, uh, okay. 
And, yeah. I, and I was, but but my point is, yeah. I t- I went to the meeting because I was like, I don't want to miss this and have him go. Exactly. Where the fuck is this dude? Exactly. You know. Exactly. See, that's that's and that to me is muscle memory. Just being able to. You also stop for twenty minutes to get your mind back into what's going on. You probably looked him up again, looked at his bio, whatever it is you need to do to get your your mind back to ask like, oh, I'm going to talk that. about this. Or, I, I mean, oh, he worked on I, that show. I my notes mm-hmm. and whatever it is. Yeah. But it helps your muscle memory to kick back in to even when you're not feeling well, you can be excited about the thing. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. And also the the work around for it is I'm going to get him talking about himself, which right. is great anyway. But I think too, it's this understanding you have that yeah, you can collapse. Is, you can collapse after. Right, right, right. And this is a people business, right? right like, yeah. this is not about... <clears throat> you have to be able to write and put stuff on the page, but so many people can do that. Yeah. Right? Like, and not, they don't have to do it amazingly, just, but just, so many people can, can do, do it, it enough to work. To work. It's, yeah. it, too many people can. Too, it's, it, the, 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 <clears throat> the mistake is thinking your talent will get you yep. through. Yep. You know, like, your talent yep. won't. Your talent will get you... If you know, like, if but, you get if you get through the door, then your talent will keep you through the door. You know, will, will keep them from closing. Sure, but you still got to know all these other skills that that honestly no one talks. Nobody about. talks about it. In Nobody all these books you. about writing and, and uh, you get your TV career, write your first pilot, write your first script. There, should, there needs to be like oh, man. a chapter or somewhere about how to be fucking good. <laughs> how to you have know? a career. Don't even like, get me like, started how to on that. <laughs> Look, I, I remember like late in my, I mean, I must have been out for about five or six, ten, maybe 10 years mm-hmm. with this former exec at, M- at MGM. She wrote this book called um, Good in the Room. Oh yeah, I remember you that. Know? Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I just, I'm gonna see mm-hmm. What she, and she, and she was like, look, I don't do film solely now. I do I do consulting for the tech industry and for other stuff. But she was like, but it's all the same. Yep. You got to come in there and behave a certain way so that people feel comfortable. Because, like you said, the people the people business is how do people feel comfortable around you? And that has to do with everything because it's like if I want to have this general with someone, mm-hmm. you know, I got to make them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. If I go to the meeting with the showrunner. I want them to feel comfortable because then, because what they're saying is, I gotta have this person around for me for five or six hours a day for the next twenty weeks, and you gotta yeah. shine that through the Zoom. Yeah, 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 yeah. But see, that's the thing that was helpful for me on this meeting is mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, I just have the Zoom. I have to kind of like amp up for, right. and like you said, collapse afterwards. Yeah, because it's different if I had to drive across right, right. town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's I like, "Why are you sweating so much?" Like, yeah, yeah, you sweat. Oh, we've all done it. We've all done it. We've done that. Oh yeah. So you drive across town, and then you got to drive back across town when you're done before you can collapse into bed. Only yeah. time, only time you get every red light. Is when okay, right, 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 right. <laughs> but no, and that's true, John. I think it goes back to this thing we were talking about earlier, like. The industry as a whole, but especially TV, is such a collaborative experience. Yeah. So if you're saying to your point, Chris, like, oh, I'm gonna, my talent is gonna be so undeniable on the page, like, they don't need that to make a TV show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if it's your show and you're the showman, okay, that's fine. But if you're looking to be in the room, like, you don't need to be God's gift <clears throat> to the writing world. You got to be competent and hopefully well above that. But all the other shit is like, do you make people feel comfortable? Are you comfortable with yourself? Are you? Do you know when to talk? Do you know when know when not to talk? It's a value. Do you know when to take it, take the bullet for the team? <clears throat> and when there's the shit of like, it's clear that this is just some busy work that y'all got to do till four thirty. Mm-hmm. 
because so-and-so is down the hall and they need to see writers in the room. But yeah. if you're going to be the person that's like, why are we still here when there's nothing to do? You know what I mean? That's like, you're not going to get asked back. Now, see, to me, it's uh, added to that. It's a value thing. Yeah. It's where do you bring the most value? And that doesn't mean if you see hundreds of people, it doesn't mean that a lot of people don't bring that superpower to the room. <clears throat> it's about who brings that superpower in a way that doesn't fill in the room that you already yeah. have established. Right. Because a lot of times, you know, when you're staff, we talked about this, when you're staffing a show, the showrunner may already have in their mind people that they want. So at first it's open season. Mm -hmm. By the time you get to it, mm -hmm. they're like, oh, I'm bringing this person, this person, this person. You're like, oh shit, they, we got to shift the room again. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. those things happen a lot where where you would have been staffed at first. Right, right, but right. because they the, shifted yep, the room, yep. it's not your fault. You would have been perfect in the room. Exactly. Well, but because and you, you got to accept I mean, yeah, that. But, it's the whole but you can't control yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah well, it's the whole thing about, the whole thing about you, you, like control what you can control. And also, you just got to realize that, you know, um, it's like we've said before, it's like casting in a movie. Yeah. You know, I got to put this team together you need contracts that's gonna I can't, work you know what i can't have two blondes as yep. my leads yeah yep. it's not gonna work you know now granted i could you know granted well not if this was 1977 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 but, no but but the, the, but if you go back and look at stuff it's like there's they're always trying to find that little the the the, the contrast on right. whatever it is you right. know i mean i mean like it might be two pretty girls, but there's one. I mean, this a perfect example is a movie called Gentlemen, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Blondes. Yes, because because in that movie, the star of that movie is um, what's her name? Russell. I forget her name. Uh, uh, her Rosalind Mer not Rosalind. No, her last name is Russell, and the co-star is Marilyn Monroe. Yes, you know, but and she, who upstages? Yeah, she mm -hmm. upstages. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's like um. Um, but but that's the thing that happens, you know. I mean, I, you know, I mean, you're right. I mean, look, the staffing is the staffing is staffing. You know, you have to let it, um, you know, like the cards are gonna fall in the way that they're gonna fall. Right. And and sometimes it's in your favor, sometimes it's not. Right. Like you said you, you can't take it personal. No. And you can't be bitter about it. But also to your point, <laughs> Hilliard, like it's about showing your value, right? And right. the thing that I've learned is that you know your value changes and how you present that right like my first two rooms i day one i'm you know it's like all right am i gonna be the dude who brings cookies or the dude who brings donuts <laughs> you know what i mean because nobody knows who the fuck i am nobody knows what i could do so i'm stepping in of like everybody loves sweets right so it's right. like that thing with this room my third room this was the first time i was able to go into that room from day one and feeling like oh okay i know what the value is i'm bringing to this because mm -hmm. of what the subject matter was what the story is you know you're still going to be super humble because everybody else is like you know it's like a murderer's chain russell chain russell yeah That's it. oh right right <clears throat> but it's like you you that shift so i felt like in that third room i didn't need to come with the donuts on day one you know what i mean but it, it was a shift because like the first two definitely i had to because i'm first you got the imposter syndrome then it's your first time and you just spending weeks just getting used to the terminology and how do you do this well is there a world in which i think it's just good etiquette it? too there's just something about the culture of it it's like hey guys i'm an inviting person right i'm a giver right. you know what i mean you're just establishing here's who i am i'm sharing with the team you know yeah. what I mean? so no, I, think you, that's no okay. I mean I, I think it's a very good point it's interesting the value thing, the traits you have, the <clears throat> imposter syndrome. I, 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 I think that what 
I was talking with this guy the other day. He's helped me out with something, and we were talking about. He was asking me what it was like in Star Trek, and I was telling him, I was like, "Well, like that first season was hard. The the imposter stuff popped up because it was like, you know, there was, you know, because it's 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 like what you said before. I'm gonna do about they don't tell you if you're doing well or not until yep. much later. So you, you know, and whatever it is, they, they like the people don't want to gas you up or. Just, they don't have time. That's have, not even. They're not even they're thinking, thinking about, about you. They're, they're, they're not. They're not, even, they're not thinking about you. Yeah. So he said to me, he's like, "Hey, this is what you need to do. Just take a list and think about ten traits that you have that you bring. Hmm. You know, or fifteen or twenty. He he said he said he said make it fifteen or twenty that you bring that 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 are your intrinsic values mm-hmm. that you know that you do better." You know, than most people, not any everybody would just do better than most people. And he was like, and he was like, you know what? Write that down by hand and keep it with you, because you ever feel like I'm not? Because the the whole the whole imposter thing is, do you feel you're not worthy yep. of the situation? It's like if you look at your list of like <clears throat> I'm providing these traits to the room. The thing is, is that these are traits. Say these fifteen traits that that you know you can provide right the thing is is that the rest of the group doesn't know it right so right. it's up to you to come it's up to you to kind of like show them that yeah without saying me 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 and grab the spotlight like mm-hmm. how do i do this how do i do this i love this thing about imposter syndrome i was telling i've said i've told this a couple times on the show before um when i remember when i was on deadly class we were having a moment everybody was at the table and there was, think about 10 of us. <clears throat> and we had three showrunners, as you know. And we were all sitting there. And um, two of the writers start talking about philosophy and fucking politics. This is what I tell you billions. One of my favorite shows, when they talk about Wall Street, I'm mm-hmm. lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But when they yeah. talk about real shit, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I can write. Yeah, right? Yeah. So. Uh, I was having one of those moments. I literally started shrinking in my table, going, what the fuck am I doing here? Oh, my God. And for like two minutes, I'm shut, I'm just shutting down, shutting down, shutting down. And I looked down at the table. And we have the big master, deadly class, thick comic book with all the different episodes. Oh, in yeah, there. yeah, yeah. And I went, I need to busy myself. So I open it up, and I start just flipping through, pretending like I'm doing some shit. <laughs> and zoning mm-hmm, out. They're mm-hmm, just going, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what I mean? And I stop on the cover of something we were talking about doing for season two, which was this character named uh, Maude Steven. You guys know I'm in the mod world, right? Mm-hmm. And he literally is a guy who rides scooters, 60s, you know, outfits, and listens to the Beatles and, you know, the, the, the Who and shit. And I stopped on this photo, and I started smiling. And he's a gay character. Okay. And I went, oh, that's why I'm here. Yeah, right, right. Like, none of these people know the punk rock world but me. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. None of these people know this stuff. I was there in San Francisco in the 80s. And that's the credit you got to give to yes. the showrunner who's putting together room. They brought you into right. that room for a reason, whether right. they verbalized to you or not. Like, they're not going to go around, you're here for this, you're here for this, you're here right. for that. But the, the thing with the imposter syndrome is, they have you there for a reason. Like they yeah. could have gotten anybody. Oh, oh my they could have gotten anybody. Yeah. Right? They really could have gotten anybody. They it's got a you, and so <laughs> you gotta, you yeah. gotta, you know, you gotta take that to build yourself up. But that's why it's good writing that list down. You said yeah. and you know what it is. So anytime that imposter syndrome right, hits you, saying, I think it's smart. That's good. That's your bulletproof vest right. because it's the thing is that it's always going to like the the like I was talking with Keith Powell the other day mm-hmm. about because 
because the meeting I had at 20th was about a directing thing. Right. And we were we were talking about, and he was like, are you sure you want to be doing television as opposed to doing movies? I've seen your work. And I was like, well, I mean, this is why I want to do it. But he's like, look, and he was like, look, you got to understand, there's going to be a time that they're going to say to you, you didn't have enough experience. Mm. It doesn't matter what you've done. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? And, and he was like, there was a producing director Mm-hmm. That they let go on a show who had did a season for the show, and they let him go because they were like he didn't have enough experience. Wow! Because <laughs> now now the show wasn't coming together the way that they liked it, mm-hmm. but so they but they use they use it as an excuse to say he doesn't have enough experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, he he turned on and told me there was someone who who'd won an Emmy for directing an episode, mm-hmm. and then got told he got enough experience to do a, a similar type. It's just like they'll throw that out you all the time. Right. Um. It because the, the the people will give you excuses about why you didn't get something mm-hmm. that because they don't want to tell you the truth exactly. about why exactly and so and the thing is so he's, he's trying to prep you for that shit right but the thing <clears throat> is is that the excuse that someone's giving you could hit something that is triggering to you to, mm-hmm. to your insecurity mm-hmm. and the thing is the person who's telling you that probably doesn't know that's it that's exactly. a, that, that that's a problem for you you know yeah. and so yeah. therefore it, it, it would you know you hear sometime like for instance like if i was doing all these little single like these multi-cam com- comedies mm-hmm. and then i t- you fucking want to turn around and do like something like treadstone or or some or some big action thing they'd be like you never experienced i'll be like okay sure i don't have this experience i want to do it but i don't have it yeah. but the thing is you hear these things and then you're like oh shit oh are you just stabbed me in the back with that line mm-hmm. yeah. but if you look at your list you're like no 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 i mean I've directed thirty shows, whatever it, you know, whatever yeah, it is, you know. Right, so yeah. I, I you gotta take stock in what that you that you have, but and it's hard. Yeah, but also to your point, I think it's important for people to understand that most of the time people are not going to tell you the truth. Yeah, and the reason they're giving you, and I think, and look, this is what we all would deal with as writers of color, right? Getting asked to repeat, right? Knock on wood. I've been fortunate. This is my third room, right. and now. Um, executive story like I mm-hmm. haven't but I have always I have you always been asked to, to repeat <laughs> and you know and you, you can take it and internalize it because what's the reason they're going to give you oh you should repeat a staff writer because he only shows did 10 episodes out, yeah, on and it was a mini movie. room and he didn't get to produce on set and all that stuff is true and you've internalized that and you're yep. like oh man that's yep. right I didn't get to go on set no. <laughs> but it's like no even if you had been on set their job at business affairs is they're going to ask you to repeat no matter what Right, as people look, I can't speak for like if no, you're white no, boy or not, no, no. but you can't. And however it ends up, whether you get it or whether you don't, you can't internalize that thing that they're hitting you for the lack of experience. You just got to know this is just this is their bargaining thing. They were going to say this whether you have production experience or it's not. Facts. And sometimes you, I feel like all the times you have to say no. Like that doesn't mean that you turn it down or whatever, but. You, I don't know because we. This is why it takes so long to negotiate with people's contracts yeah. because they're fighting over these yeah. type of things. And the first time, the first show, we said no. It was like, okay, great. Then we move right. on. They get it. Right. This the second time it happened, that shit dragged out to the mm. point where I was just like, "Do they even want me it, on the?" You know. It, and then it, I'm it, getting my feelings yeah. about it because I'm like, now we're not even talking about money. Business affairs takes forever. But it's shit that doesn't make sense. And then when I realized, like, no, this is just what they do, then I could take it. I could yeah. not take it personally. Yes. That was the thing. That's growth. Like, That's good. You don't know what the money things are behind yeah. their scenes, what their budget parameters are, but you can't take it as a reflection on you and your lack of experience. <clears throat> and 
like for this room now, like we had to. Unfortunately, I can had you say what the show is yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Lee Daniels is doing a Sammy Davis biopic right. for Hulu, one season of limited. Right. It's an amazing room, great showrunner, and um. But you, for are the, you guys in person or are you on Zoom? Yeah, yeah, we're in person. Oh, that's we're, right. We're right over in Studio City. So he's out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> both both of our rooms are going to be in person too. Nice, yeah. nice. But I think with that, we had to actually at one point say to Business Affairs, like, we're going to walk. Like, this is the deal breaker if you mm. don't want it. Because in my sense, and this is, no, I'll just say it because it's real talk. So it was like, is the bump going from um, story editor to executive story editor where then right. you're supposed to be getting scale plus something, right? Yep. And they were like, Look, we can't. We don't have the money. We can't go past scale. And I'm I like, that. okay, I got to move from New York to LA, or whatever this. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, at least I'll get the title bump, right? right? And then they're like, oh, and we can't give you the title bump. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, what so, the fuck? So I'm now like, so it's the money and the title bump they were like tripping on. Yeah. So I'm, but I'm like, well, it okay, comes with it. So yeah. If I'm like, okay, I'll eat the money because mm-hmm. nobody's gonna know how much I get paid on the show unless right. I tell them. But everybody's gonna know what the title is. Yep. And so I'm like, but now you're saying, you already told me you can't give me the money. Mm-hmm. And now you can't give me the title that doesn't cost you anything. Maybe it's like a pension contribution that changes or something. It's the writer's guild thing. No, so but, I'm, but I'm like. No, so it's the writer's guild thing. They can't not give you the money. You know? Well, no, because once you pass, once you. They Once have, you pay a story editor, they, they have to pay you the minimum, which is what they would have paid Article 14. That's what they would pay a story editor. So I'm making the same money on this show as I made on the last show when I was story editor. And that was like a sit with yourself. But I was like, all right, it's come. I get to be out in LA. It's a prestige mm-hmm. thing. I get to right. work with Lee, all this other stuff. I had made my peace with the money, but I'm like, you have to give me the title. Because the money, all right, whatever. And plus, we're still in Hollywood. It's still, right. it's still good money. But if you don't give me the title, that impacts me my next show down the road that impacts me for the next Facts. three or four years yep. and we literally had to say like well you want to talk about these other things but if we can't talk about the title there's nothing else yeah. and then we that's, eventually that's got knowing it. what battles to fight no but, but it's no but see, if i had been in so, my feelings about like oh because it's true i didn't get to produce no. my episode or whatever yeah. whatever whatever but it's like no that's just the shit they do well see it's interesting because like when i was doing the for equalizer yeah they didn't want to give me the title bump Mm-hmm. And there was a moment where there 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 was a bunch of reasons that were that were it was there was a money issue mm-hmm. because they were bringing the budget down in mm-hmm. in, in, in any event um, and you know I was talking and and also they needed to bring on um, some women somebody upper or something or? right yeah yeah so they and in doing so they brought on a team oh, okay, okay? Gotcha. and the team they were like we're not and the, and the team wasn't getting from what i could understand wasn't getting um the you know like the money of a single it was like it was like oh they were giving them a little extra yeah it, it was it was, oh, it, was okay. it was like 125 whatever it was it they're was like we can give him chris's money <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. that's exactly what it is and, yeah. and and now the thing is is that someone we both know was up for my spot. Mm. And the thing is, the studio and one of the production companies wanted that writer. Yeah. Mm. So it was a question yeah. of, yeah. so how, so the showrunner was like, what's the battle that I got to do? You know, do, yeah. you know, if, 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 like if I expend to get the guy that I want, 
then they're you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Well, then I can't like. How does that affect? I, well, then I, I I then can't say yeah. hey, I need more money for him too. Yeah. He's like, well, then get dude. He's yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah. it was like you know at the same time I was like I also said to myself it's for two seasons you know which was kind of unprecedented to get yeah. to, to yeah. get the to get the so I was like I can deal with that. Yeah, you know you got to find your way. You know, I was no. like like yeah I mean and I, I had to think about it you know. Uh, but you're right. But but there's there's all this stuff you have to worry about and think about for your career and the repeating mm-hmm. that they they ask they ask particularly black people to do all the time. And I mean, sure, it affects your career. It affects a lot of things. You know, I mean, the, the thing is, is that I think I think there's ways to kind of like um, to leapfrog stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like that's the thing that you have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember. I was having dinner with um, Zoe Marshall about two years ago. I got the double bump. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, it was actually right before the. Um, I remember. I remember we sat down and had dinner, and that the next day was the day that Tom Hanks announced he had fucking mm-hmm. COVID. Oh, right. I remember that. So it was like. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, but the thing <clears> is, <throat> is that she told me she had a show that she had sold to HBO mm. with. Apprentice, uh, right? right? And she was like, "Here's what I fucking fought for, like on it. I really fought hard to get my um, company title at the Ooh. end, you know." And she was like, "And I wanted to make sure that I something she would do so she could get so so going forward. Mm-hmm. If she didn't get the." whatever she'd be at least a consulting producer mm-hmm. so she right. was jumping from like story editor mm-hmm. up to this you mm-hmm. know and, she, and, and i was like well i was like, why are you doing it? and she was like i actually told my reps i'll take less money if i can get my you know the you know like the vanity card right. so if i get the vanity card and she single card yeah the single card yeah because yes. the thing about that is <laughs> once you've done that one time then you get that going forward all the time. Yep. But know? by the same token, once you repeat, like, and somebody sees you did that for somebody else, you're going to keep getting asked to do it. Like, I feel like you're not always going to get it, but I feel like we all have to just start saying no, even if you're going to back down on it later. Yeah. Like, the initial one has to be no, because that's just been so normalized for what they do for writers of color, mm-hmm. and especially women, too, is that it's happened so much that then we kind of start to accept it as well that's the way it is like we're gonna that's the thing where i'm like you know it at some point you just got but look it's coming from a place of privilege because i in my mind when we said no i had to talk to my reps and in my mind i was like okay i just won't do the gig and that that shit hurt because i was so sad because i was like i really really want Mm -hmm. this gig for so many reasons it wasn't going to make me homeless, right? Not yeah. doing it, so that's a blessing, right? <laughs> but, you know, so everybody's not in the position to say yeah. no, but it's still, like, sometimes you just, you just got to... We're just always asked to bet on ourselves so much, yeah. and I think because sometimes, for a lot of different reasons, so few of us do it, that when you do it, people are like, oh, Okay, we tried well, to ask. We asked well, them a couple well, times, well, well, whatever. Look, but you got something out of it. Like you, yeah. you made the calculation. It's worth me doing it because I'm going to get this, this, and this. Where if I've seen writers do it, where they get nothing, yeah. and I'm just like, dude, ask for it. They're like, well, I can't ask for it. I'm just a writer. They could do the show without me. I'm like, they could do every show without you. You have to, you, you have to ask for the stuff. And if you don't ask, look, I, there's a book that I read, and I, it's I recommend it to everybody. It's called Start with No. 
you you know what? You always got to reject the first offer. Yeah. You just have to. Yeah. Because they're lowballing you on everything. Yep. And there's points they'll give on. There's points they won't give on. You don't know what those are exactly. until you say no to, exactly. to everything, and 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 come back with your counter offer. Yep. And they'll you know what? And obviously when you counter. If you got five things you're countering, then you know there's two of those that you're like, I can live without those. Mm-hmm. And there's one, two, two, of mm-hmm. the, two, two that are like, those would be nice. And there's one that's like, if they don't give me this, it's no it's deal. deal breaker, yeah. You know, and, and the thing I say all the time, um, no deal is better than a bad deal. Right. Because, but this ties into your reps, too, because I think if you're hearing from your reps also, look, dude, you got to take this. I know you wanted the bump, but whatever times are hard, writer strike is coming. You know what I mean? Like, if I had to hear that coming from that, right. like, could I have stayed as strong and say, Probably like, not. no, right? Well, but see, so, you see, that's, see, see, you know what? That's an interesting point that they do do that. They do. No, oh. no, no, because I say that, look, I look at. <sighs> I look at people's careers a lot as as um, as actors, right? I look at actors' careers, and I'm like, okay, so and so is really good. Then, like, what happened? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like a classic example is fucking Ray Liotta, right? I was literally thinking Ray Liotta, okay, cocaine be- bear, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but it's not even that. But it's like, I don't remember him any. He was in a few movies before Goodfellas. But I don't remember him being anything until Goodfellas, you know. Mm-hmm. Then I was, and then that he stayed in. He was like, "Oh shit, this guy, mm-hmm. he's fucking amazing." Mm-hmm. But his next two or three movies were like these. Th- I remember he was in Operation Dumbo Drop and okay. all this kind of stuff. And I was kind of saying to myself, "He took the check. He took the money yeah. because his agents yeah. probably talked him into doing this. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, you're gonna fund, you're gonna make all this money, and guess what? And before it comes out, then we'll do get you another thing. And it's just, and, you know, and mm-hmm. so and 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 then his career kind of like." In, in my opinion, it nosedived, you know, because he because he, he he really didn't get another great role mm-hmm. like after that, you know, because he kind of besmirched himself with it, you know. I mean, I hate to talk about someone who's dead, you know. I mean, and look, and then maybe ten, fifteen years after Goodfellas, he had kind of a resurgence, yeah. you know. But it was like, dude, you know what? You were set from that movie because because dude was everybody set. everybody wanted him, yes. Well, because 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 what's his name blew up from that, um. Uh, uh, Joe Pesci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Joe He's Pesci. an example of somebody. Oh, who, somebody who made yeah, it work. Yeah, yeah, you know, like for like I think for the next ten years, yeah. fucking Joe Pesci was in yeah. everything. You yeah. know, so it's like you got to think about. Yeah, but you, listen, I, I mean, I, we got to give it like we talk about money on the writer's level, which mm-hmm. is great, but the actor money is on such a, a Dude, such a high level. Like we talk all the time. Hard. They never have money for us, but they always have extra money to pay another forty thousand dollars for those motherfuckers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, we, well, we, well the thing is, is that they know uh, no one's tuning in for you. They're gonna tune in if we get this guest on. We're gonna tune in if we get someone right. someone in the show. They're not gonna tune in because because who, who the fuck are you? Yeah, it's horrible. It's fair. I just think it's like it's a you know we go through our struggles with asking for our value and what we're mm-hmm. worth and turning down stuff and saying no, but. It's one thing to say no, and it and it costs you like two hundred grand for the. It's another thing to say no to like fourteen million dollars. So, and and right. you got to do it if you want to have the career. Joe right. Pesci said no to a lot of shit. Yeah, he could be richer than he is now, but he had the career. He had a career that he wanted. wanted. He, yeah, but, but I think it's harder. It's for it is, actors. It's very hard. Very very. Hard. It's much harder. But you make a you make a misstep. Like there's a dude who's not he's not dead. You know they haven't found his body, but he's obviously dead. Um, I hate to say it like that. Um, Julian Sands. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
he was hiking in the in the San Gabriel Mountains about mm-hmm. six months, six weeks ago, disappeared. Yeah. Now I, I was like, oh yeah, I, I, I remember this guy. I like this guy. I, I was like, what was this? What was this story? I went back to the early eighties. <laughs> he got in a couple like interesting movies. Mm-hmm. You know where he's like he's playing a co-star, co- stuff with a lot of acclaim. You know mm-hmm. he got a claim out of it, mm-hmm. and then he decided to do this movie called Warlock, which was not good. But I'm sure they paid him a, a big yeah, chunk of money yeah, to be the lead. Yeah. And after that, he's just doing movies to tip for the paycheck. Yeah, you know because yeah. he's probably because he got a lifestyle upgrade. He's like, oh shit, like 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 how do I maintain it? How do I maintain it? You know. Well, also too, I mean, it's that thing of like your belief in yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Of like. Can I be? Can I be the next Brando? Can I be the next whatever, whatever? Or am I just gonna be go for the? You know what I mean? Like if you have that burning belief in yourself that if I turn down this role, that's gonna let me do this other role that's less money, but it's a little thing, and eventually I'll get to do it. Everybody doesn't have that that confidence. He's British, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially in an industry that beats that down. Oh yeah, I mean because it's like I mean because who was saying this? Um. Paul Bettany, mm-hmm. there, someone was asking him why he took the role of the Vision in the Marvel things, oh. and he was like, "Private school in L.A." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got kids. Sometimes yeah. you got to take a job like that, and, 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 and they got to go to private school. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody was handling that great. It's Don Cheadle, right? Like, look at all the great stuff he's been. He is doing the Marvel thing, mm-hmm. and he still gets to go do. He was in. Um, White noise, yeah, which a great fucking performance mm-hmm. in that. So he's found a way to make it do that. But he's also like adult Don Cheadle, right? Yeah. Like he's he can know. do what he wants to do. Too, well, it's, well, okay, it's now in his career. I mean, if you think about it, back in the time when he like post like just after Devil drops, yeah, then he's in a different. He's like, yeah. okay, so now what do I? do? You know how many gangster roles he was offered? Like oh you God. play this co-star thing oh, yeah. is the guy yeah. who goes off the handle, the short mm-hmm. guy with the fuse, right. short right. fuse. Well, the thing is, what? But what did you next? Did, uh, wasn't it the the boogie nights or some shit like that? Or I, I mean, it was that was a this, minute. But this all like. before colors and shit, right? Colors. Yeah, remember he played he played Rocket in Colors. This is after Colors. That's what I said. Is it before or after Colors? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm talking about because um because Devil was like ninety six or ninety seven or something okay. like that, you know. And he just, I mean, his his career just becomes. I mean, look, he said he just started making those smarter choices. And the thing that really got that really got him was a smart, smart choice. Is that role he took in Ocean's Eleven, yep. which is the yeah, two, yep. he put on the British accent, yeah, which is, <laughs> which is two three years after Devil, but it's like now he's seen in like by all right. like white Hollywood and a you know the Oscar winning directors. Mm-hmm. It's like oh shit, this guy, you know, right. where's Bucky? But like oh yeah, we know this motherfucker, you know, we love him anyway. Right. So it's it's just like it's the it's the smart it's the smart. okay. All right, but to be fair, Devil in a Blue Dress ninety five, then Volcano nineteen ninety seven. Okay. Rosewood, but then Boogie Rosewood. Nights the same year. But it yeah. wasn't like everything was like a smash. No, but right. but no. he was he was super smart about it. But also, I no, think, no, but no, but think about that. Okay, okay. but but Volcano and, and Boogie Nights, Boogie for, Nights was a big hit. But if you but if you think about doing Devil, Devil is basically a black movie, right? Right, and, right, and, right. And he crosses over mm-hmm. into doing these mainstream white movies mm-hmm. where his next two films. You know, those those movies don't have to be great movies. You know, but but someone who's a similar who had a similar type of situation who didn't grow up that way is you, um, Glenn Plummer. Oh yeah, you know he's, he's a great actor, but he but but he couldn't get out of doing you know like the black cinema. Mm-hmm, you know, and then mm-hmm. his one chance to get out of that was in that uh, what's the movie, the the Vegas showgirl showgirls. Oh, you know which. Mm. 
completely bombed. Right. But it's a cold head. It's a cold, it's a cold head. Though, you know it's a mean? cold head. But yeah. but who saw it in the in the theater? Right. And the, 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 but to his credit, there's not a lot of actors who, in between the Oceans movie, would have done Hotel Rwanda. Yeah. Right. So right. that's the thing where that didn't make him the most money, mm-hmm. but that was. An important you know, film. That was do. an important film. He became an activist behind it, and he showed he could lead. Right, right. In a movie, yep. um, but also I think he's a cat that's so he knew he was talented. You know what I mean? Like he knows, like, look, all I need to do is get in the door, mm-hmm. and and at some point my talent is going to do a thing where mm-hmm. you look at somebody who's not that talented who lands a great role, and like, how are you going to tell them not to t- right. not to take the bag? Yeah. But see, that's the thing. Same thing for a writer. <clears throat> that's why Chris and I come out of the indie world. We were like, "Why are we waiting for Hollywood? Mm, we know right. how to make projects. Right. We do it ourselves, and they have become your calling cards for a long time. And and they help you to see things in a different way. I think. Yeah. You know, by the time you get into a writer's room, I'm sure you feel it too. The things you know compared to a lot of the writers who just may have produced an episode or two, way more. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, it's funny because I remember the staff writer on our on the equalizer you know she had to cover for me on set because i couldn't oh, fly right. um <clears throat> and she just was like i remember she was te- we were texting back and forth she just was like this is so she's she, it's like I, I think that was her first time on set on like a professional right. set you know i mean I've, she, i think she went to usc she did go yeah. to usc for for writing things okay. so maybe she worked on some right. films so she probably did some shorts and some I, I, yeah but the minute you go on a professional set you start seeing things that you that you didn't quite know like just from like the level of technology they have available to you on simple shit like hey base camp is an island yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean? you got base camp there's <laughs> like agree. like the cameras have got like the uh, cameras are kitted the fuck out with all this mm-hmm. damn mm-hmm. These, these remote control shit you're like oh well look at all yeah, this shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this exactly. you know yeah. I, I remember in Star Trek we, we, they had some shit where the the lights were on like these pulleys that move up and down and I was like okay, look, it's, it's like it, the Super Bowl shit yeah yeah, yeah and I'm yeah. just like I'm this little board you're like okay well that's that's some real shit that even right. most movies might not have uh, yeah it's just it teaches you a lot you know and you learn a lot you yeah. know but the thing is if you've done stuff if you made stuff on any level you're aware of what the situation is right. like I remember when I went down to um, Director Shadow in Savannah I remember a couple of the the um, people on set were like I wouldn't call you Joe Cool I was like what why are you calling me Joe Cool? And he's like, "Cause you just seem right at home on this on this <laughs> set." I, I, and I was like, in my in my mind, I was like, I "This is not it's not the yeah. first time I've been on a set." Yeah. You know, I, I know yeah. what this is, yeah. but but again, it's like no one knows that, mm-hmm. and they also assume if you're black, you've never been right. near anything. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nobody's taking a moment to look you up to see what you've done. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but the thing that saved me on that <laughs> that really was good was. The showrunner had told a lot of the office staff and the director I was shadowing. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Oh, this guy fucking wrote a great ass script." So he's like, <laughs> "Really, he's a really great writer." Really, really, in terms of he's saying this guy's very creative. He co-signed for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. he has to anyway, but in terms of letting you <clears throat> be on, but he doesn't have to like, you know. But like, if I come on as the shadow mm-hmm. and I have not done anything that anyone's really seen or whatever it is, I get that in some different way. There's not the same kind of like, there's not the same reverence mm. when they're talking about you. Because guess what you were saying before about people are talking. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. are talking. Right. And, you know, and <clears throat> you don't know what's being said about you. 
Yeah, yeah you never know. You never know. You know, you you will only know if it's bad. Yeah, if that shit turns back exactly. on you, and then after a while, no, you hear. Here's the thing: you might not know if it's bad. You might okay, have to. True. Yeah, yeah. You might have to guess that. You might have to. Yeah, yeah. be like, you know what? I probably fucked this up. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. No, that's I the have, thing. Is okay. Now I said just the. I think the difference too between because this is still also new for me. The difference between breaking in and being in it as a career is like when you're breaking in there's feedback all the time you could submit to contests yeah you could pay a reader to read your stuff like that's all you're getting whereas then when you get in a room like your showrunner's not coming up to you hey yeah. you know what you did a great job this week you know what but, i mean so you gotta internalize that but a good showrunner should at least have moments like that well i think here's what some advice that melanie marnish gave me that, <clears throat> that was invaluable she was like in my first room and i did it in both rooms it's time for me to do it with this one too. She's like, look, go in, keep your head down. You do your stuff. Like five, six weeks in, just email your showrunner and say, hey, listen, I just want to say, you know, what a great experience this is for mm-hmm. me. And just so you know, I'm happy to do more. All you're doing is giving a commu- open a communication yes. window with your showrunner, give them a chance. And then that showrunner, if you've been taking care of business, they're going to be, hey, man, no, you're doing great. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Just keep doing what you're doing, blah, yeah. blah, blah, whatever. But it's a way to get that feedback without asking for it, but also in a way where you're not asking them for anything like, hey, I want to go on set or I want to do this. It's just because then you do get that feedback because you're a human being. You do want to know that, like, you're not just barely. Right. But also the other thing is, like, I learned a little. You talk to the fucking support staff and assistants, man. Like, I hang out with them all the time. It's like, good. that's my people. It's a good thing to do. It's like because they know what the <clears throat> that exactly. they're next, but they also they hear all the conversations right. of who's talking about who right. and what everything. And especially there. the showrunners, they're on all the yeah. calls. Yeah, <laughs> so you know if you can be like, "Yo, man, look, I'm just trying to keep my head above water," and they're like, "Nah, nah, you're all right." Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's stuff like that, but you're not bothering the showrunner for it. And I then, mean, look, that was the you know I can't remember who told me this, but um, someone was like, "Get to know the number two. you know, and so on. Uh, both my shows mm-hmm. I was like after like the first week mm-hmm. I was like hey can we just hop on the phone because mm-hmm. it was Zoom mm-hmm. for both of it you know or can we do a Zoom um, just to like talk just to like say hey yeah. you know just to say tell me yeah. about you tell me about yeah. you know t- t- uh, just like t- because the thing with the Zoom room is there's no like time for chit chat yeah, afterwards yeah. you know whereas if you in person you met and then when you break from lunch and go you just walk in and say hey what's up or in the morning the morning stuff like that there wasn't time for that yeah. on that's a huge difference um, and, and a lot of time the number two isn't on your showrunner meeting so they don't know mm-hmm. you as well as the showrunner mm-hmm. right you know I mean? right <clears throat> right mm-hmm. so just, i think it's a great idea yeah, you, 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 I mean, you should do it with everybody yeah. you, should, oh, you, should, yeah. you should do it yeah, with everybody yeah, yeah. you should you should yeah you should find the way just to talk to everybody just when, when you can in a genuine way yeah like, a genuine way yeah. Have something in hey common. let's talk how you doing blah you know i didn't get to meet you i'm gonna meet you now you mm-hmm. know t- tell me something i mean look you it's like you always say it's okay to fanboy too they yeah. might have worked on a show something you love yeah man you know i mean it's a thing that you said one time here it is um when you go to someone's office, just be observant, be aware right. of what's around, right. because you can go in and like see what someone's brought into their office. Particularly five weeks in, like you're saying, mm-hmm. yeah. then someone who's there sort of made it their own. Yeah. You know, to somebody's some decorated their yeah. office. They got something in yeah. there because they wanted to feel comfortable when they're there. So you mm-hmm. go in there and go something that that like I can connect with them on, yeah. and that's it's just you have to do all that because. Like you said before, Abdu, it's like the 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 people business of it yep. is so important. And you gotta have your allies in the room in terms of like you know you're gonna have a day where shit goes down or shit gets weird and it's like and you're not shit talking to any 
everybody, but you need to have the hallway or the, whether it's the phone call, if it's on the <laughs> Zoom room to be like, hey, man, did you follow what that pitch was today? Because I was like, maybe it's just me. Because I don't, and you're like, no, dude, that was crazy. Like, I had no idea. You know what I mean? It's just stuff like that. And now you two have a bond where you feel like you're not the only one in the room. And it could be a writer at your level. It could be an upper level. Yep. You got to suss it out because yep. all the other flip side of that is like, you need to be aware of people in the room that you keep it close to the vest with. Yep. And people that you can open up to mm-hmm. about stuff. Um, but I also feel it's like that thing, if you're observant, like that stuff is usually pretty obvious, right? right? But sometimes, you know, you put out a little feeler. Like, let, a, let me ask you a quick question. And you too, Chris. <clears throat> so both of you have experienced being in a room where you're on Zoom and then you've experienced the room, even though we're in COVID, you guys are in the room. Let's talk about the differences how you feeling is night and day. I mean, I know it's that. night yes. and day because I think the thing is, is over Zoom, you don't really get a sense of people's personality. Right. There's a lot of stuff that just can't can't come through. Yeah. You don't have like the hallway conversations, yeah. people's ticks. Yeah, you <laughs> don't get to do the stuff like, "Yo, man, did you see this such and such this weekend or whatever?" Because right. the Zoom is like you're on the clock and everybody, right. nobody's trying to be on Zoom for seven hours. Exactly. So they're like, "Let's get in and out." Um, and just it's just the sidebar conversations mm-hmm. that you have. Like I'll say, for example, taking our, a walk to go get coffee or lunch or something. Yeah, and there's even you know in our room, um, there's a great writer, Jerome Harrison, who's just fucking amazing. And you know he's in Jersey, mm-hmm. and so he was on. He was the one person who wasn't in the room. Then he came out for a month. Okay, and just him being out. And look, this is a dude who's like you know him and Walter Mosley did Ptolemy Great. Like this yeah. guy, and he's, he's the number two in the room. It's this amazing <laughs> thing. But it even made a difference for our relationship with him to have him there in person for those four weeks. Right. Um, you know, it's it's just that it's just that human connection, and mm-hmm. you you could just look at somebody, or you know, just when somebody does like this with their head, you know, that you can't really <laughs> see over Zoom, or you know, they just turn well, the camera off uh, and go walk. Well, see, like, you're absolutely right. I think the difference. I think the big thing that you said is the sidebar conversations, because if we're in the room and, uh, you know, say there's seven of us, right, and there's someone at the board is writing something or something like that, I might, you know, like, I could lean over to you and whisper something funny to you. Yeah. It's got nothing to do yeah. with the room at all. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, so, yeah. so, you know, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, you can't. You can't have multiple conversations going on exactly. in, on the Zoom room. It's only yeah. specifically what's talking about. It's that it's a very respectable thing when you're on Zoom, which I don't. And I mean that in the context of like nobody's. It's not a lot of overlapping. You it's can't overlap. Formal. You uh, can't because it's formal. Like That's party. an even better yeah, word. Well, it's not even a dinner party because it's in a dinner party. Everyone's talking other things. Okay, true. The, right. the thing is, is that you, you can't. The thing is, if multiple people talk. Then it just goes, ah, and you can't hear. You can't hear. You hear what he says. Sure. So there's that. I mean, it's funny because (laughs) it's the people. (laughs) I think it's the way that I do Zoom that Mm -hmm. that most people do. It's like I don't sit up close to the camera. I sit kind of. It's like it's. And you always have it leaning, so I can't see. No, it's a little different. I mean, I sit up differently now on the equalizer because I was like, I gotta. But it's like. They told me, "Oh, there's the Chris Derrick lean back," and, 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 and I was like, and "I was like, what's the Chris Derrick lean back?" But it's something they said. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they said it when the room got smaller, when it was like le- less okay, of us, you know. It's like you. they didn't say the whole room, but I, I was like, "What do you mean?" With it? And, and they said, 
you know when you talk and you talk and the, and, and then when you're finished you just lean back in your chair and kick back and I was like well <laughs> what am I supposed to do <laughs> he, that's his mic drop that's by the, the way that's the cue yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like alright I'm done I'm gonna lean back <laughs> but, but, but it's because I would either stand up because I set it up in my room where I have the standing desk right so right. sometimes I'll stand or sometimes mm-hmm. I'll sit down or sometimes I'll be engaged and I'll lean forward and be closer to the screen or sometimes when I'm thinking I'm going to sit back you know right. or whatever it is but there's that there's the kind of stuff that like that you do when you're sitting in a chair for too long that I just like I don't want to deal with it and the thing that I don't like is that you got to sit down the whole time right. because the thing that was really cool about being in the person is that there's not like assigned seats, but people just kind of sit where they would always yeah. kind of seat. And sometimes you just would walk around. Yeah. Or if yeah. you want to walk up to the board, the thing is, is that there's no reason to walk up to the board. You can <laughs> read the board from exactly. your chair, mm-hmm. but sometimes the perspective shift yeah. helps you kind of like think differently yeah. and walking around the room. It's changing your environment. Like it's it's also in person, yeah. it's easier to focus. Like that for me was a challenge in my first room because everything was so new. Is that like after half an hour, man, you just start to kind of zone out. And especially if you're on like this problem, everybody's kind of staring up at the screen or then somebody gets into a conversation that's esoteric right. about stuff. But because in a room, A, there's that pressure of like you can't nod out like in a room. Right. right? But right. also you can get up, stretch your legs. You can walk around. You could, there's, you can look out the window mm-hmm. and see something. So I feel like my concentration has gotten better. It's an energy thing to me. It's like the energy is just so much more involved. It's, it's, it it keeps you, keeps you. Although it's like at three a o'clock, right? by three o'clock, four o'clock, I'm done though. I'm gassed. I don't know what it is. I don't care what it, if if it's if to me. It doesn't matter if it's in person or on Zoom. Yeah, around three o'clock, yeah. I'm done. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it, to me. It was more pronounced. Um, is more pronounced in the equalizer. Because there wasn't is that Zoom or hybrid? It's Zoom because it's um still it's all Zoom and it's I mean it's apparently from what I heard like CBS didn't want to pay for a room didn't want to pay for the offices I was like how motherfuckers is I mean with with, dude you should see the fights we had this is a big (laughs) show this is a big show on the network it's like number one job you can afford it you can afford you just don't want to is everybody in LA for that room I'm just curious Uh, no there's actually there's actually there's actually um, like if you had been in person, where would it have been? It would have been at Paramount. I think it's oh, about okay. it's about three hundred thousand to do it in person. Right off like the, that. you know what? It would have been walking distance for oh, damn. That mm, would have been, nice. Get it for That's both shows. For both dream. shows, it would have been a, it would have been a walking distance. And the thing is, is that I um <clears throat> no, there's the, there's one writer who. She has an apartment out here, mm-hmm. but she's from Atlanta, and she bought a house in Atlanta like, like during the COVID. She was there, um, and that was tricky because it's like she's – I mean, it's cool for her because she gets to like uh, start at like 1 o'clock, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then – but then when we would go to around 6 – Yeah, she's fading. She's like, uh, I got to go to bed, y'all. <laughs> but I will say, too, that I think it's important to mention that one thing that I hadn't considered until the second round was in is that having the Zoom rooms <laughs> does – open it up in terms of uh, accessibility yeah. for people, you know, with disabilities that yeah. make, that wouldn't be able to do an in-person. So I feel like that's important. Um, but man, there's just nothing like doing it in totally person. Not, well, but, you, I mean, it's interesting because I remember Winnie Calhoun told mm-hmm. me that when she was on Justified, that Graham Yost mm-hmm. 
wouldn't be there on Fridays and and like Mondays and Fridays because he lived up in like Carmel. Oh. So he would come down on <clears throat> on Mondays, oh, okay. um, a Monday afternoon. Would so he stay like so, so, yeah? So he would stay down yeah. here. But I feel like if the, if this is obviously what ten years ago yeah, now, sure. but if it was currently, he he probably would never come down. Mm-hmm. He would need to. No. He would, he would just, I, I, oh, a lot of a lot of writers love it, and a lot of us hate it. You know, I think I think the majority of us still prefer to have it in person. Um, but I think a lot of people, and you're right. I think the Rona definitely pushed a lot of people to go. You know what? I always wanted to do this thing. I'm gonna go ahead mm-hmm. and move back to Philly or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. You know what I mean? A lot of people have done it. Um, let me let me take you guys to another segment. We we tried to do this that one time. I'm gonna do it again with y'all. Okay. All right. This is a new segment I'm bringing on. All right. So we can get out of here. <clears throat> it's called One or the Other. All right. Here we go. All right. So this is all about screenwriting, filmmaking, you know, all that stuff. Do you prefer writing or watching? Like if I had to choose one yeah. and could not do the other? Ah. Well, not necessarily. No, that. Okay. Just, no, no, do I, which no, do I have to prefer? No, no. It's, it's not a question about do you one or the other. It's like what do you do to, uh, I don't know, you know. It's what about like, you? Why don't you, I don't know what the question, you answer the question. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. I actually like to watch stuff when I to, – to prep for writing, you know, or anything. Sure. Yeah. Uh, because there's always some little um, – there's some little trick. There's some little – not a trick, but there's something that someone does – you get inspiration. From I get it, inspiration. There's some tonality thing. Right. I'm, I'm, that makes sense. I'm, I'm getting ready to do a rewrite on a script right now, a short film. And I was like, and the producer was talking to me about an idea that she wanted to see. And I was like, oh, it's like that scene in Spy Game. She's like, what? And, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, did you remember Spy Game, the scene when Brad Pitt and him are in Germany? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I'm, you know, but, so but, you. but in my head, I knew exactly what I wanted it to be. I but it. I hadn't seen the movie in like five years, six mm-hmm. years. So I was like, let me just go back and watch it, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to, tr- as opposed to just trying to like do it from memory. You know, of what I thought that it was. You know, then I was watching. <clears> I was like, "Oh, you know, what I want to do too. I'm, right. I'm going to watch this movie called Beirut that Tony Gilroy did because yeah. it was a, a spy thing, and I'm doing a spy thing. So right. I was like, I just wanted to get that sense of like, because there's a rhythm to doing that really well. That that those two films I thought right. like do really well. Um, that make more sense. I, to you yeah, yeah. No, I feel like looking from that perspective, especially in terms of inspiration, watching because I think. The watching gives you the writing and you can see it in the context because that's, I think, the thing that you can't do until you get into a room is understand the context that your words have, whether it's like the um, you're a concept meeting and you're like, oh, you set this at the driving range. So now we have to do this. And can the actor, can he play golf? He can't do golf. All right. So we got to hire a double or we get could we coach him. You know what I mean? So I think watching gives you that whole thing. I've probably been inspired more. Often from watching something than from reading a script. I'm a watcher too, but it's a version of what both of you guys have. I watch because I write so many different genres Mm -hmm. that I write so many different genres that I have to watch it to get the tone, to stay in the tone. Right, right. That's that's it. And then I'll choose the music to the tone. You know what I mean? So, yeah. All right. Next one Final Draft or Highland? Highland. With Highland. You don't know Highland? No. Okay, if you know Highland, you know Highland? You don't know. You just write a final draft, don't you? 
Yeah, that was when I was doing just my own stuff. I was using Distant Print software, but now it's been Final Draft. Okay. So. I use Highland. You know, right. I use, I, I, you know I do. I, I, I don't. I have them both, but I use Final Draft. I don't fucking know Final Draft unless, um, well, it's, I mean, John, it's, it's a pain. It's, it's a John thing. You only do it because you have to. Yeah, John August has his own. Okay. No, well, there's better things out so, there. So, I mean, my things that I love about Final Draft is, I mean, sorry, about Highland is this. There's a lot of things, but the things that really help me as a writer is um, you can do script notes right in the script, mm -hmm. right? And they'll be right there. Like if you do a note in um, Final Draft, mm -hmm. you know, that's what you, like you click it and the sticky note comes up and you type it and mm -hmm. then you go away, it's mm -hmm. gone. And, mm -hmm. and then you're like, okay, what did I write? You have to keep clicking. So you can see what you wrote there, and in uh, Highland you just like hit equals and then start typing. Okay, and it leaves the notes there, you know. Mm. And you're like, oh, so so whenever I'm going over a scene, so and you could have pictures just all just over, pictures all over it. And the thing is, is that if I send you the script, I print it out or whatever it is, right. it doesn't show the notes. Right, oh, right, right, really, right. No, that's cool. Yeah, and no. I mean, you know, I mean, and the, and the notes could be I don't know five paragraphs. Like this, this right. whole paragraph is gonna be this. It, I mean, it, like it doesn't change the page count either by by, by typing in those notes. Yeah. So that's the thing that I love. <clears throat> There's, uh, it's I don't know. I found it easier to just to type with and yeah. to compose with, okay. you know, and to make changes with, you know. Yeah, that's final draft would not be my choice if it was just up to me. I'm gonna date myself. I feel like it's in the '90s. When desktop publishing was a thing, you had Quark Express and magazines. That was the industry, and you had to learn it. Right. And it was clunky as hell, and it didn't work. Then Adobe <laughs> yeah. came out with InDesign, which was clearly much better. But then they had to start paying off publishing companies to yeah. actually get traction on it. Yeah. So yeah. I still like my old Final Draft 6, but I use yeah. I think I use 11. I don't like 12. Okay. Okay. Double space or single space? Single space. All day. Single space. Definitely. Definitely single space. I, don't right. like, I mean, people who do, people who do double space—it's just questionable life choices. <laughs> it is because it's like, what are you trying to do? Like, like you're probably giving up two, three extra characters. Yeah. I could tell you what it is. They think it looks better on the page. It's easier to read because it's not so close together, you know. But I agree with you. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It 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 adds to the page. You know, because now you have this space. Imagine how many of those spaces you have yeah. every time you hit that return yeah, button. Well, but, I'm like, but, just be econom, just edit yourself. Just, you economize. I mean, economize. Look, if you're quite, if if your if your aim is to have more white space on the page, write less. <laughs> yeah, write less and more write staccato, more. more you know, and and be more punchy. Don't you don't yeah. have to. You know, it's all okay. that is shit. All right, ellipses, dashes, or none. Ellipse. Again, all day. I'm a big fan of the lips. I okay. love the way they look. I you? use both. Shit. Yeah, I use both. Okay. All the time. <laughs> we already talked about this one. Virtual room is a writer's room. So I think we know what that one is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is this oh, wait, is probably wait, wait, a, real quick. Uh, so about the ellipses and the <laughs> the the dashes. This was interesting. Is that when I was um, doing the, the acting, but directing actors at the Playhouse, right? And I was mm -hmm. reading a lot of plays. A lot of playwrights will use ellipses and dash in dialogue. Right. Because as, because as some sort of way to kind of give you like, I'm trailing off and then it's going to like, oh, I'm, I'm coming back sharply, right. you know? And and I worked at trying to, to, to do that style in my, when I write dialogue. 
is not just in the action lines because to, yeah. to, to tell the actor, hey, trail off here and then come back hard, you know, because you can't. It's it's a it's a it's a way to direct them without being there to direct them. Yeah, I use it a, a bunch of different ways, but the the style of the script will change how I'm going to do it. Yeah, mm, that's <clears throat> and that's yeah. and this is what I'm always telling writers. Forget all that. We can't use we see. We can't right, use right. it. Fuck. The, it's about style and how you use it. Use the it. problem yep. is they overuse it. Is what people get pissed off about. Like, why do you say we see every single time you open a scene? That's the problem. Yeah, it's it's not about being clever about how yeah. you use it. All right. And if you're smart, just don't do it in the first two pages, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then no one's gonna notice. <laughs> all right. Um, which takes us to Chirons or Super. Super. Well, you know what I told you last. I forgot to get. I use burn in. Oh, that's right. I've been using burn in right now. Yeah. Where'd you get that? Did you just pick that up? Somewhere? I saw that in the script, and I was like, I like that. Hmm. I I can't remember what script nice, I saw that in, nice. and, and that's literally giving you a title like that. Yeah, doing that. So, yeah, it just said burn in. I would have thought I that like was a version of a fade in or a dissolve. Right, it sounds like that. No, no, like, like I saw it somewhere, and it was mm-hmm. like um, the way that I saw it in the script was it was like uh, it was burn in, which was and it was underlined. Right, it was burn in, underline, and then colon, and then oh, okay. the the words. But they did it in a way where it was like the burn was underlined, mm-hmm. and the in was in that space between New York City, like seventeen thirty four, and the space mm-hmm. wasn't. So it wasn't right. like a full underneath. It was just like each word, and then I was like, oh, that's kind of clever. That's different, you know. Okay, that's not bad. Because like the thing is, is that I I I realized that what you want to do when you do those type of. Uh, draw the reader thing is mm-hmm. you want to make it so it stands out on whatever level you know so right. it's like the thing that this guy did that i do is like so the burn in is underlined but then the text of you're saying that's bold right you know okay. um because gotcha. i do that because it's like the, the in the, my horror thing that i mm-hmm. added mm-hmm. um you know there was that great note that um jp suggested hey mm-hmm. can we get an, a scene at the top you know yeah. and then so what I did is I do this the 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 preamble scene mm-hmm. and then the next scene like I I it's this sort of similar location so I go so the scene ends and I go smash to mm-hmm. and then I did the title right right but I did the title as, as like a graphic design thing so it was like this huge thing it's hmm. like it's always like takes up like three lines on the page and right. it, and I use a different font because I was like. I'm trying to tell you, yeah. hey, so if you're skimming through, right. bam. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, all, it's all about like a, the, the style. Yeah, yeah. You, you're doing impact. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, this is probably an LA thing. Um, I can't remember if they're coming back with this or not. AMC or Cineramidome? Oh. Well, I mean. <laughs> I know there's an easy one for you. I mean, if they bring the dome back. <laughs> they the, 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 the dome. I mean, they should bring the dome back. I mean, who was I telling? Was I telling you this the other day? Who was I telling? I about thought somebody this? took it over. And it's, gonna... it's it's I, I I might have said this on the last episode or before. It's I think it's a money is that a money thing? It's, I think it's a bankruptcy issue thing. Mm. I feel because I remember hearing twice that they <clears throat> they've figured out how to get it out or that that they're going to open it because they can't mm. destroy it because it's it's That's been landmark. It's a landmark. So and it's. And it would be a crime to have it just sit empty, even though it's a landmark. Right. Um, so I, so my theory is, is that the bondholder or the debt holders for uh, Pacific Theaters are fighting for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they have one in Seattle. We went to it a few <clears> times. Um, next two, and then we're done. 
Uh, best time to write, day or night? Day. Day. Like, what's your time? Like, what's your window? I'm an early morning. I could write it. I could write at 5.30. <laughs> but I can't write at 9.30 p.m. I'm done. Interesting. Reggie. I usually like, I mean, I I write in the morning from like 10 to noon. Mm-hmm. And then I write again from like 5.30 to 9. Wow. See, I can't, my brain can't even comprehend those you know, two. It's such a it's on-off a, uh, thing. I mean, it's it's like, 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 I might struggle through writing in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, the times I've been on script... It's like you got to write in the afternoon. You got to write. Oh all yeah, day. that's different. Right. If somebody's paying you, I no, could write anytime. Well, like it but, doesn't matter. Yeah, but but. It's, but, it, but to me, again, it's like I'm struggling through that afternoon writing, mm. and and it's the same when I'm in the room. I'm like I'm struggling to yeah. stay. It's the focus thing. Yeah. And then at around four thirty or five, uh, then you get a second wind. Everything begins right. to come back to get sharper. Okay. I'm like, ooh, now I got ideas. Okay. You know. You know what I appreciate about the morning thing is like if you've been if it's just my project, I can write whatever hours I want. If I start in the morning, first thing I'll go is read back what I did the day before. And there's you some, read the entire thing? Not no, but maybe just, just like the, the same thing before, before or something. Yeah, pages get into it, but yeah. there's something about before your subconscious is totally gone away. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I feel like my best judgment is is right when I wake up before the shit in the day starts. And I, that's when I really can decide do I like this or not? Because I could convince myself I like it yeah. later on in the day. But that first <laughs> thing in the morning, it's like, ooh, that doesn't work. Yeah. That's what I dig about the morning time. I take a-, a walk and come back. I don't care where it is. I I, I schedule these walks now the, after writing and come back and go, is this right? Mm. Did I yeah, that's that's come good. back? That's good. I did this thing the other day where I um, uh, I'm sending this document to Ron McCant. And I was like, I, just, I want him to read the first page. <clears throat> I finish it up and I get ready to send it. I said, I'm just going to take a walk and I come back. And then... And I come back. I was like, I want to change like just th- just three words at the end. You know, makes a big difference. Big though. difference. Yeah. Big difference. So. Yeah. I'm a, I'm like between twelve, and six. Okay, is what I write the best. Yeah. But when I get like a writer's assignment or something, I usually go away. Even though I have my office, <clears throat> I can't write something like that. I can do all the research here. Okay. But I go away for a week. And, you know, I do it all the time, and I'll just write. You got to be secluded somewhere where I you- got to be. It's it's about changing the environment for me, mm. but I need to be in a place where I'm looking out. So I so I always go like to Ventura or something and rent like a cool you know place on the beach okay. where I can see people walking and surfing. Okay. You know I'm looking out there and I put the desk against the window and I'm looking out yeah. and just getting inspiration yeah. by the view. And I'll go to eat. I'll go to the gym in the morning. So I and that's the other thing. I got to work out before I do anything. I got to take a shower. Mm-hmm. I got to work out. I gotta take a shower and then I got that's, yeah, I'm a why, fan I don't, of the that's why I don't get first. to the gym until twelve o'clock. Yeah. I mean to work till twelve o'clock. Yeah. Well it's funny so. because I love that's the thing I love to do is that it's that I'm gonna work till around noon. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to do some emails from like noon <clears> to <throat> one. I'm gonna lunch and then around three o'clock I'm gonna go to the gym. Because it's like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like I'm the, I, the focus is not there for me the right. best. So I'm like, well, I might as well go to the mm. gym. You know, and then I spend the ninety minutes at the gym and just getting ready, getting shot, yeah. everything. And then I'm like, I'm on again. You know, I mean, I I could set it. I mean, there's times that I where I've gone to the gym early in the morning, six a.m. kind of thing. You know, I yeah. used to do that a lot. Yeah. Um, but I still not. I still like. I, I, it's better for me when I start writing. Then I to, yeah, I need that endorphin rush. Yeah, from the I gym. have to. Yeah, but then yeah. coming back, I still yeah. get that little. I'm a, I'm a weirdo. Like I can't. I can't even walk by. Girl, I have to take a shower. I have to. I can't just get up and. 
be mm. outside. I got to get up, you gotta take shower. a shower. You gotta shower. I'm just really anal. I can't be in a got shower. Um, okay, this is the last last little fun question for you. Is what is your go to snack that's on your desk? <laughs> cashews, man. I love. Go to cashews. Trader Joe's, get those <clears throat> roasted unsalted cashews. Unsalted? Like, yeah, no, nah, I can't do this. Too, all that salt. The black man hypertension. Oh, you have me eating all that salt for. <laughs> Unsalted cashews. No, I got some. I got a stash of them at home. Really? I got a stash in the office mm-hmm. at work. <laughs> Look, if I'm fly, if I got a flight, I will go pick up some and carry on with me. Yo, carry on bag. Hell yeah, yo, man. it's so bad. We were on a flight once, and they made the announcement that they weren't going to serve peanuts because somebody had a nut allergy. Oh, interesting. I was like, fuck. That. <laughs> So I'm like crinkling, opening up oh, my little thing, and I spilled that shit all over my Selfish seat. ass. Look at yeah, him. I was selfish. I was like, nah, I was gonna. like, look, I brought I like, mine. That throat's gonna he close said, up today. He's like, I gotta have some cashews. He said, he said peanut. He didn't say cashew. He said exactly. Oh, what, what, what you got, Chris? Um, What's your go-to? Right now, what I've been eating, and I fucking hate it because I've gone through so many little these little tubs of the last couple of weeks. Um. Uh, dried pineapple. Really? Yeah. I've never had that in my life. I just be like popping them. Just you are they dried like, apples are they too? Like candied or something, or what are they? They're not really candied. They're just it's. I mean, you know, like if you have like a dehydrate, you know, like the dehydrated fruit, whether it's like they're super apricot, sweet because like, it's all concentrated. Yeah. Yeah. Apricots or the, or the. I mean, I like eating those kind of like like the dried fruit. So the dried pineapples really mm-hmm. good. The dried apricots, which I love. Um, you know, it's it's just like a. I it's try it. I've never it's had ba- it in my life. It's basically just like a. You know how 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 they dehydrate a grape to make a raisin. They do that with a lot of other. Fr- they do it with that. So okay. and it's but it is it is really sweet. It's yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. sweet. So I have to have like some really cold water while I'm <laughs> drinking that just to like balance it. So as you see, I have a bunch of junk food. <laughs> I usually have Twix, Snickers, as you see. And my other go-to is peanut M&Ms. Mm. But I can't just eat them. I got to put – I have this little tiny container because I'm really good at it. Like I'll have one of these like a day or something, okay. right? I had to take a little tiny container. It's about that thick. It's about an inch thick. <clears throat> and I pour some peanut M&Ms. I put it in the microwave for about 27 seconds. Wow. I wanted you, you. Remember when you were a kid and you was in high school or junior school, whatever, yeah. or middle school, and you put them in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get all soft. To it. I need them ah, to be soft. Okay. I need them to be soft and warm. So that's that's my go-to. Twenty-seven seconds. So you got it down. Like, it depends on the mic, though. Sometimes it's thirty-six. Oh, okay. You know, right. depending on the bootleg ass microphone. When you're writing a overlooking <laughs> Ventura or like overlooking a Malibu. Oh, yeah. and stuff. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, thank y'all, man. This was fun. Appreciate appreciate y'all coming through, hanging out with us. Where you at, Amadou Diallo? Oh, man. It's funny. After Elon bought Twitter, I'm off of that. So, y'all just got to catch <laughs> me at the Trader today. Joe's stocking up on, the, <laughs> on them cashews. Hilarious. Are you on uh, Instagram or anything? Nah, man. I dropped, too? I dropped all that, man. It's just mental health. Like, it's so okay. much better. All right, man. Whatever works for you. Chris. I mean, look, I agree with you about the uh, <clears throat> the mental health thing. You know, it's just, you know, it's just. Just curious, you know. I mean, like, you know, it's it's a uh, but you know, look, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at um, unauthorized CBD. Uh, you know, I, I don't post much on on either at the moment, <laughs> I do when I can, you know, mm-hmm. but um, 
You've been posting some cool stuff about the show as of late, though. Yeah, because I, you know, the thing is that it's like it's, that shit. It's shit. crazy is <clears throat> that um, I I took a lot of photographs that when I was going to set, and mm-hmm. I was like, I can't publish any of these, oh. you know. But it's okay now. Well, I still can't publish some stuff because it's from, oh, from it has later, episodes, yet. later oh, episodes, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, <clears throat> so, but it's funny because I um. Cause Terry will post shit. I was like, I was there the day he fucking. I, 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 I was like, I was like, when did he steal that photo? But then I remember he's always walking on, just like he just was, you know, whatever. I mean, I love Terry, and he did such a great job, and he really put his heart down to make that show work, and That's I'm exactly. just excited. <clears throat> so. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever at Hilliard Guest, LinkedIn too. Yeah, I'm on that motherfucker. Um, <laughs> Uh, also, uh, please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, um, Spotify, Anchor, whatever you guys listen to. Please go on, give us a five star review. We need that for the metrics. What else we got, Chris? You can support the show at screenwritersrr.com, where you can find the link to our Patreon page, and you can put up a uh, dollar, two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, however you feel is comfortable. Or if you happen to be to watch us on to listen to us on Spotify, then there will be a link to support us there on the Spotify um, like page for our for this podcast. And then we would appreciate any support you can give us because we have to get new technology every once in a while. <laughs> and so that's what we're trying to get. We would appreciate you guys just being supporting us. Indeed. And uh, that's it. Indeed, indeed. Um, a lot of good shit. Wait, Chris, when your episode drops tonight? It's tonight. Via Equalizer. And awesome. then two weeks for... Um, what channel are you guys on? CBS that's right. or Paramount Plus and then that's for Equalizer and Star Trek Picard is on Paramount Plus um, yeah so I'm just excited like if you like you know get a subscription support the show just support, support the, the show. show and then turn it off <laughs> <laughs> exactly anyway everybody join me for uh, 2023 you guys know how we do it on the rant room on the show we keep it real we keep it opinionated we keep it what everybody 2023 peace y'all I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the rent room. Rent room. Rent room.